Industrial Talk is brought to you by Armis. Yes, you are in the digital transformation game. Yes, you need to find trusted companies, trusted individuals to help you along with that journey. The Armis platform delivers complete asset intelligence. You know what that means? Insights into your connected assets. You're in the digital transformation game. You have to have that insights into what is connected. Go to Armis.com. Find out more. You will not be disappointed. Also, industry IOT Consortium. At Industrial Talk, we always talk about education. We always talk about collaboration. We're always talking about innovation. And if you're a business that has any desire to be resilient to the future, you need to be able to educate, collaborate, as well as innovate with other industry professionals. That's a must. Industry IOT Consortium brings that all together. You need to be a part of this community. You need to be connected with these leaders that are all a part of the Industry IoT Consortium. Go out to iiconsortium.org. Find out more. Again, you will not be disappointed. You're just going to be happy. Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. All right, once again, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk, a platform that is completely dedicated to you, industry professionals all around the world, because your story needs to be told. And you are bold. Yes, brave. Yes, you dare greatly. You're solving problems. You collaborate. You're making lives better. You're making communities better. And therefore, you are making the world a better place. That's why we celebrate you. That's why you are heroes on this particular platform. All right. Elisa Oranka Siemens is in the house. SAS. This is the global head of SAS sales. And we're talking building. We're talking Building X. We're talking all of the great things that are taking place at Siemens to truly change the world. Let's get cracking. So, so because I've been in this this sort of role, I've been uh, doing this, what's been great is just being a part of the journey, right? And you're a part of the journey. If you're on Industrial Talk, you're part of the journey. But the journey has been so exciting. And this whole digital transformation, what are companies doing? How do you create a business that is resilient? I mean, it it never ends. And companies like Siemens and others are doing everything they can to be able to make sure that the future is bright. You're leveraging the innovation. You're leveraging the technology that's available out there. And it just is going like crazy. And it's a lot of fun. Now, one of the things that we were talking about, uh, uh, Alyssa and I were, t- but, you know, chirping about, and that is just buildings, right? You know how many buildings are out there in the world? Nope, I don't either. Nope, I have no clue. I'm sure, I'm sure Siemens does, but I have no clue. And I have no clue of the square meters or the square footage, what that represents. I don't. Siemens probably does. And I have no idea of how the level of inefficiencies that exist out there. So if you're in this world of sustainability, if you're saying, ah, Scott, we need to be more sustainable, don't you think the low-hanging fruit in this particular solution outside of all the other stuff are buildings and being able to make buildings more efficient? I I, I think it's a no-brainer. 
And that is a technology. And that, see, it's a collaboration challenge. And it is a technology challenge, but I think it's more of a collaboration. And and, and the owners of these buildings and whatever it might be, I mean, it, uh, different categories across the board. Don't get me wrong, but there there are incredible opportunities to definitely make it better. Also, here's a cool here's a cool stat. So, um, you know, Siemens has been around for a long time. You know how long? 175 years. 175 years. When I found that out. I just said, holy cow, how about a company that has really, truly transformed the world? Siemens, right there, 175 years. Started in 1847, right? They're celebrating 1847 with 10 employees. And look at what they are today. Yeah, you, you can go out there. You can find the financials. 62.3 billion euros per year. A monster. But what's incredible about Siemens is a simple fact that they are big, they are transformative, they, uh, but they're able to sort of bring in the, the, the collaboration sort of spirit into this big, they're nimble. And, and that's what just fascinates the heck out of me is the fact that here's this big company doing who knows how much. And, and they're still retained that sort of, entrepreneurial, nimble spirit within that organization. Kudos to them. Congratulations on 175 years. Okay, one last thing. Okay, we've got events. We're going to Fabtech. We're going to be there at Fabtech. We're going to be broadcasting from Fabtech. Go out there. And this is going to be Atlanta. This is the first part of November. And again, we're going to be highlighting great technology, great innovation, great people that are just passionate about that. The other thing that we're doing here at Industrial Talk is we're we're and if you've ever been through this, you know there's some challenges. However, we are doing a or lifting up a new website, so we're going through all that process. So be on the lookout. You're going to get a broadcast uh, communication out there saying, "Hey, new new website." And and again, it is a website that is truly truly elevates and highlights and amplifies what what everybody in industry is doing. And it is really about the human side and the the. The technology, the innovation, and the, the community involvement—it's it, and it's—it's it's all about. Let's just be candid. It's all about entertainment, and because of that, personally, me, I am uh, just absolutely dazzled and happy about what's going on. What we're going to be doing at uh, the new industrialtalk.com website. So, check that out. Get involved. Reach out. Say, Scott, I want to be a part of it. So. That's it. Industrial Talk, new website, so that we can do a better job at amplifying the great messages like uh, Elisa is going to be bringing to you in just a few seconds. So we're talking buildings. We're talking buildings, building X. They have this accelerator at Siemens, and it is all focused on that, that digital approach to assets, to solutions. So building X. Elisa brings the lumber. Incredible conversation. Enjoy. Elisa, welcome to Industrial Talk. Thank you very much for finding time in your busy schedule to talk to the best listeners in the world. How are you doing? Thanks for having me, Scott. I'm doing fine. How are cool, you huh? today? Uh, I thank you very much. I'm doing well. I, I like it when people ask me how I'm doing. All right. Uh, we're going to be talking 
digital trends, building industry, which is interesting, which I think is pretty cool, FYI. And then, uh, but before we get into that topic, Alisa, give us a little 411, or I'm sorry, you're from, you're from Finland. It's not 411 there. It's 411 here for the information. Anyway, some background to you, Alisa. Yeah, sure. So um, I've, I work for Siemens Smart Infrastructure in the digital buildings um, segment of the building products unit. We're a complex organization, as you can hear, uh, and I lead the SaaS sales globally. So I'm very much uh, deep diving into what digital buildings are all about and especially how we can create value with them. So not only hyping about technology, but actually hyping about that value for users and, and for businesses. See, and that's interesting because uh, there are a lot of buildings around the world and, and, and I would imagine there's a lot of inefficiencies that uh, can, you can make them more efficient and gain value out of those assets. Uh, how long have you been with uh, Siemens? So I've been with Siemens for 10 years now. Never thought I would last this long, but here I am. I'm going strong. So uh, let's see how, how long I'll stay. you got to admit, there's just a lot going on with Siemens. I mean, there is. Every time I speak about Siemens or talk to somebody at Siemens, uh, they're, you're definitely moving and shaking and constantly moving forward, which is really a, it's exciting for me who, uh, uh, someone who can't maintain attention worth a lick. So it's always exciting to talk to somebody from Siemens. Now let's, uh, let's dive into this, this whole smart infrastructure. Define for the listeners that. What, what do you mean by that? There's a building, there's a hotel, there's a parking garage. What is a smart infrastructure? So smart infrastructure spans actually further than just building. Buildings are, of course, a big, big part. I mean, if we look around, look outside of the window, chances are you see a lot of buildings, right? So it's a big contributor to to all the different values that um, we can create um, in, in society as a whole. But outside of that, also, we look at um, the electrification, the grid connectivity, you know, uh, how can we ensure that also all of that ties together? So even beyond individual buildings, how can we actually create um, smart cities even um, going forward? So infrastructure really goes further than just buildings. But what I uh, like to hype about is definitely the building side. See, I don't know how. And when you start talking about smart infrastructure, the ability to be able to have all of these assets communicating in such a way that that you're gaining efficiencies, that I, I always struggle with where do I start? Like it's like, what's the value? Where do I start? With that said, why is this important? Why why is this whole SaaS thing important? Yeah, I mean, it's important because in the end, you know, we have, uh, as I said, a lot of buildings and they are not very efficient. They are big contributors to CO2, unfortunately, still today. And they aren't really catering for the users within either. So, you know, we, we really need to look at, at buildings and how can we become more efficient, more sustainable, more user centric. And I believe that will result in a happier society as a whole. So, so this is, this is why. Uh, we have to look at it and then to answer your question on where to start i mean if you look at look at it from the digitalization perspective it's really all about connectivity how can you actually connect these buildings because a lot of them are old i mean even decades old um, how can you create that connectivity that you can actually harvest data and then with that data um, to actually create some value and some some useful out of it potentially in a SaaS model which i represent but but overall if you don't have the connectivity all good intentions basically fall flat. So if I was a, and, and I'm, 
because of my utility background, I really like that smart grid and that conversation. And, and it's easy, FYI, it's easy for me to get overwhelmed. And I would imagine there's a lot of, there's a human component to this, and which is absolutely part of it. How do you take, how do you begin the journey? How do you look at all of these communities around the world? Yes. Where do you even begin? Like, help us on that journey. Yeah, so, I mean, I think the first thing is just to create transparency on the status quo, because if you want to, you know, increase efficiency or increase user centricity or sustainability targets and meet those better, you need to know where you stand. And even that is sometimes or very often uh, lacking. So how can you create that, that status quo of today? And then you can start defining measures on where to go. And you can use optimization uh, measures then to get where you need to be. But, but how, how do you know what to do if you don't know where you are? And I think that is where we need to get started. And again, I get back to that point of connectivity, because if you don't connect and get that data, you will not know where you actually stand today and you will not know how to improve and where to go. See, the owners of the assets, whatever they might be, they could be utilities, it could be uh, business, you know, uh, building owners, whatever. They have to have that desire to do that. It's, and, and how do we educate these entities to say, yes, it's important. Yes, we can get a baseline, which we need, and therefore we can then improve upon that. What, how, do we, how do we begin that conversation? Yeah, I think there are many ways. So first of all, money talks. So if you can reduce costs, you usually get people to listen. That's, that's very, very, you know, effective. It is. Um, so that's, of course, one way to look at it. Like operational efficiency, definitely cost um, is a factor. Um, if we talk about sustainability as a value, then, of course, regulatory pressure more and more, especially here in Europe. We see a lot of regu regulatory pressure on having to report um, CO2 uh, emissions and also then reduce. Um, and then if we look at user centricity, which is kind of the third bucket of values wow. um, in the built environment, I mean, there it's, it's you know, people vote with their feet. If you look at um, a hospital, is that an efficient hospital for healing? If you look at a office, is that actually a productive office for, for creating more business? You know, you people actually start to vote in terms of what they choose as a building to do whatever it is that they are meant to do in that building. So, so I think there are, you know, different pressures, but in the end, I mean, cost is a huge driver. Let's, let's be honest. So uh, to recap, those are great points. And you're absolutely, we have, does it put money in my pocket? Does it save money? Does it, does it benefit my business financially? Then there's the regulatory component. And that varies from, state to state on our end, country by country. So that has a, a really interesting dynamic to it. And then, of course, there's are the users. So with that, let's sort of dive into the costs. So if I'm a business, right, you, you can, can you just from like, hey, owner, you got this building. And I, I hate to just, I, I, let's just keep it at the building. I don't want to go any beyond the building. You have this building. We know that you have these type of units, H, HVACs and this, that, and the other, and all of the, the components associated with it. We think you can save X if you do this, right? Can you do something like that for a building owner? 
Yes, of course, we have a lot of those conversations. Um, it might be in terms of maintenance, so asset maintenance, um, fault detection topics, that how much could you potentially save there? Or it could be about the energy consumption, how much could you potentially save on that side if, if that was optimized? Um, if you find anomalies or detect anomalies and are able to act upon those, um, these kind of topics, we definitely talk a lot with building owners and, and uh, occupiers as well uh, about and, and what can be done and how much could potentially be saved. And it's actually quite interesting how much can be saved when you start looking into whether the systems are functioning as they should um, and whether you are doing the maintenance in a way that is most efficient. So it's uh, it's really an interesting, interesting conversation. See, I, I love the, the conversation around maintenance and, of course, energy efficiency just in, in a typical, and I, and I know it varies, don't get me wrong, it, there's, it, it's quite variable. If I make this investment, if I say, hey, I, I'm, I hear what you're saying, I like it, what do you think my payback would be? So that very, very good question, because, of course, this always depends on where you stand. You know, how old is your building? How much have you already been optimized? How much do we need to connect? How much is already connected? What kind of data can we use? You know, it's it's so multidimensional that it's really difficult to say. But in general, um, it's very easy to start small and create already impact with that. So, you know, I think when when it comes to these kind yeah. of SaaS solutions and platform solutions that I also represent in the market, um, it's not a huge upfront investment at all. So you can really start from from small things, creating that, as I said, the connectivity and the transparency so that you can even act upon it. Um, and there we are not really talking about a long return on investment. So these are not like the typical investments that are made into buildings, which are, you know, big, heavy, expensive systems. Um, these are really more lightweight, um, off the shelf solutions, if you may, um, that you can then, you know, quickly, quickly make changes. And kind of evolve yeah. with your building and evolve with your optimization. It's not like, like a one-off shot. Yeah. It's really an evolution. See, and I like that approach where uh, you're gaining little victories. And, and it's not as if, and I would imagine if you were to audit, for lack of a better term, an audit a building and say, oh, here's some low-hanging fruit. Let's just, let's target that and that and, and, and prove the viability of what that is. I, I think that, that that is an absolutely exceptional approach. And especially for me, uh, as a business owner, owner of the building, don't ask me to incur more pain, right? You know, if I have uh, uh, occupants and if they're yelling at me because something's not working right, that's a pain. Don't do that to me. Right. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's also the reassurance that everything's running smoothly as it should and everything um, is optimized already and I'm not losing money. I'm not throwing money out of the window all the time. Also, that makes some people sleep better. So, you know, it's 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 really, again, I mean, I, I keep repeating myself, but it's really creating that transparency. And then yeah, you can either like optimize that. or you can sleep better because you are already optimized and this is not a huge cost to do. So re yeah. really worth embarking on that journey. It is. And I, and I, uh, if, if anybody's listening out there, yeah, you better. It, it just has to happen. I mean, you, you need to do this. It's, it's, you, you can fight it all you want, but it's happening. Now it would be better probably from my perspective or, uh, if, if I had a building in a strictly greenfield, like I'm building it from the ground up, then I can probably begin having that conversation right off the bat, optimize that, that building and, and so on and so forth. Now, for the listeners out there, um, 
talk to us and take us through SaaS from a, from a Siemens perspective. What does that look like? Yes, yeah, so actually, SaaS is relatively, I'd say, new for the for the building industry. We ha- we have you know traditionally been very much on premise, no cloud um, approach. But the industry is really, really shifting. And, uh, and I think this is a really good trend because, you know, first of all, we can have these scalable um, solutions. So scalable software, you can manage a portfolio of buildings very easily. You can manage um, that very flexibly. Uh, your maintenance costs are, first of all, much more stable uh, because it is as a service. Uh, so you get the upgrade the updates also from a security perspective. Um, but mostly i think where the biggest biggest value really is the fact that you get that visibility across so you know there are a lot of building owners who have a portfolio a fleet of buildings and they can actually just from yeah. one place monitor what is going on where where do i have the outliers you know where should i focus my attention on instead of who's you know calling me and screaming the loudest actually where should i uh, put my focus on so but so i'm also kind of, i'm also able to sort of, if i have a portfolio of buildings i can then begin to look and uh, and and roll it up and do it and play around with the data in that way too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you could utilize. I mean, when when it's a good platform approach as well, which I'm a big fan of. So yes, SaaS is one thing, but to have that actually, you know, on top of a platform, this is where really the the value starts to come into play. Because if you're a building owner and you might have a very niche use case that you would want to, you know, utilize from that data, you're able to harvest that from that platform and maybe combine with with other data sources. And then derive whatever your value is. So, you know, yes, there are lots of applications and systems that can be, uh, let's say, offered natively on a platform. Um, but then you can also create your own as long as the platform's open. So, I think this openness topic is also huge in the in the building industry, and it's new. We've usually had a lot of proprietary technology. It has really been the the core uh, problem even of of the industry, and now it's really opening up from that technology perspective as well. So, I find that also as a great opportunity to do things a bit differently, maybe now I'm going forward. No, that's, uh, and and one of the things about uh, this whole digital conversation just across the board, I, I, I find there's a greater desire for collaboration. I don't have all, I need help. I need to work with somebody. Uh, uh, This building down the street is doing something great. Can I do the same thing? Yeah, sure. You can, and being able to have that conversation, I like the SaaS model specifically for what you pointed out. But it's 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 easy, secure, ready to go, scalable, all of the things that uh, are are important. And and then I don't have to. I'm 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 from the old school when I had on-prem type of uh, servers and programs and stuff. And then here comes a battery of individuals with a stack of just, hey, we're giving you an upgrade, and then it's going to be shut down forever. I'll, I've always been a big fan of that SaaS model just because it just happens. It just gets better. And frequently. frequently. Yeah, frequently. I mean, you don't have to wait for the year until someone comes and does the, the upgrade. Instead, it's it's continuous. And and I, I think what's really great is the, the fact that any security concerns, whatever, those are continuously upgraded as well. Um, so, I mean, that should create a lot of reassurance, even though there are still a lot of people in the building side of things who believe that cloud is not as secure as on-premise. But I would start to argue that, really, uh, because, you know, it's a, it's a lot of focus that's being put into this by often the IT people, uh, not only the ones who look at or geek over the operational technology, which 
hasn't necessarily always, well, it's as secure as the weakest link. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but it, it's, let's put it this way too, is that if you have a compromised cloud, right? That's not good for anybody. That's not good for the industry. And therefore the industry wants a secure solution around the cloud. It just makes sense and it's good business because once somebody says, yeah, I was over here in this uh, this farm over here and I, and I got breached, that's not good. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, and, and it starts to uh, impede uh, solutions like SaaS and others that need this. So with that said, outside of the, the it's going to happen to uh, those individuals who are pushing back on cloud, let them push back and they'll retire and then somebody will come in and all that stuff. What is the biggest roadblock? There's a gazillion buildings out there, just, just everywhere, everywhere. And if it's, if it's, the reality of sustainability, carbon footprint, all of that stuff. What's the pushback? Why wouldn't I say yes? That's a very good question. I think, honestly, it's just a mindset shift. You know, we need to, you know, we need to look at buildings differently. I think we are um, underestimating the potential that buildings have in terms of, you know, as I said, making the world a more sustainable place or a better place to live, work perform whatever you need to perform, produce things, you know, whatever it is. And I think we're just completely underestimating that potential. And and I always call like um, the way we perceive buildings is like human warehouses. You know, it's just this, as long as there's a roof and there's yeah. walls, that's a building and great, that's enough. Yeah. But that's not nearly enough. And buildings can do so much more. And I think that's the mindset shift that we need to have um, to really look at it. Okay, how can I actually derive more, as you said in the beginning, more revenue out of this or or less cost out of this? You know, how can I get those benefits out of this? Um, and buildings can contribute, but you have to start thinking in that direction and not just as a human warehouse then you know of course if you just look at the walls and the uh, walls and the um the roofs and, and and that's it as a building to you well yeah there's not <laughs> there's not much that can only contribute you're, you're touching on some really interesting points the one point that that i believe is is super important if i owned a, a building and there have been just through covid through the changes that have taken place in the past couple of years, a lot more people are working remote. Uh, why do I want to go back to a building when I could be just right here, roll out of bed, boom, and hit it? You have to have a reason for me to want to go to that building, and you have to have that uh, occupant-centric type of conversation to make it worth my while, or I'm not coming back. And so that's that's one area. The second area that I think is critical is that it, it, it has to be simple. They can't have that friction that, that so many solutions have like, God, this is like a, I'm trudging through the swamps here. It has to be easy and smooth. With that said, are these solutions very complex? Can they be uh, simple for me? absolutely can be simple for you. So uh, what we are, you know, uh, representing in the market, which is building X is the product. What we've actually really focused on is that we have a consumer grade user experience. So this is something also our industry as a whole hasn't really focused on yeah. because, you know, we've always, 
thought that it's the experts, you know, the real experts who know the, the everything about building systems and HVAC and whatnot, and they, you know, they don't care in a way what the what the experience is of using using the systems or the solutions or the software. And and this is now has changed. I think it has changed with the new generation, but also in terms of just expectations as a whole. You know, everyone's expecting consumer grade frictionless experiences and we need to be able to provide those as well so we've put a lot of focus into ux and i think that will become a critical success factor i believe for the whole industry it's huge and i i see that trend and that's across the board with industry just as a whole that simplicity you crack that nut there's 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 a lot of good adoption out there a lot of good uh individuals are saying yeah now i'm ready now yeah you've worked it out over here so with that said, as we sort of wrap it up a little bit here, where do you see it going? Where do you see this whole trend um, outside of the simple fact that we've got to do a lot more marketing? Saying, hey, this is good stuff. See, it all works fine. And it's easy. You need to jump on the old train. Where do you see it going? So I think this whole topic of openness, as was kind of mentioned oh, before, is like really that. something that will yeah. be growing. And this this kind of ecosystem approach, you know, that no single player can create um, the, the full value, the end-to-end value that's needed for um, almost any building, really. It, it really requires this collaborative effort. Yeah. Um, and, and in order to do that, then the technology needs to be open. You need to be able to to um, collaborate together. So get out of this kind of egocentric uh, proprietary yeah. mindset and, and openness, openness, openness. And that means northbound, southbound, everywhere, right? So this, I think this openness is a huge, huge topic. And then the other topic I think is really this huh. human centricity that we really need to um, look at increasingly because um, that is where the biggest value in the end can be created, even though it's not necessarily always so easy to put that into an Excel, you know, how do I calculate the increase in productivity or how do I calculate the decrease in um, hospital throughput time or, you know, whatever it is, those are difficult to put into an Excel. But I think once we actually get into that mindset of actually um, converting that at least to some kind of quantitative, qualitative um, metric, I think this industry will be you know, taking leaps and bounds forward. So I, I think, you know, that from a technology perspective, it is this platform approach, openness, ecosystem topic. Um, but then the value needs to be focused on the users and how can they uh, perform their tasks better. Yeah, I, I do. I love that. And 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 that energy, that, that uh, human centricity that you mentioned doesn't stop. It will always, because humans, me, I always expect more. Once you deliver this, and I like it. I want more. And I want it. And 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 if you ever sort of in that journey go backwards, I don't like that. Exactly. So we need to, I mean, and that's why we need to see it as this kind of like both a technology, but also an industry evolution that certainly doesn't stop. And it, does, it, it needs to be kind of future proof also from an investment perspective that you can keep building upon it, keep building upon it, keep evolving. And it will fit, you know, whatever changes. We had a pandemic and everything shifted. Yeah. Whatever happens similar to that, hopefully nothing like that again. But, but anyway, whatever the change is, you need to be able to evolve also from a technology perspective. So this yeah. kind of future-proofing aspect um, is, is the way to go. And again, a platform approach is very good. In there it is. That. I was just getting ready. You just leaned right on into it. I'm going, <laughs> and that's exactly. why the platform approach, where yeah. I don't have to worry about it. It's the magic just happens, and I'm happy. And that's all I care about. All right. 
how do people get a hold of you, uh, Elisa, if, if they're saying, boy, she's she's cool. I want to talk to her. How do well, LinkedIn is a good way. I'm active on LinkedIn, so feel free to uh, connect with me and, and uh, send me a note there or, um, yeah, any other means of, of communication. I'm I'm here to always have a discussion about my favorite passion topic, which is digital buildings. <laughs> Sound like that. Digital buildings. All right. LinkedIn. Uh, don't worry, listeners. I'm going to have all the contact information for Elisa out there on Industrial Talk. You gotta follow her. You, you've gotta engage. This whole smart conversation around building SaaS, human centricity must happen. Make it happen. Reach out to her. Elisa, you were great. Well, thank you so much. It was my pleasure. You were even better. Ha! She started out with the salutation that was nice and then she ended one. I, I've got the bookends of confidence. Well done. All right, listeners, once again, we're going to wrap it up on the other side. Do not go away. We will be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. Thank you again for joining Industrial Talk. I'm living a dream to be able to learn from the very best in industry each and every day. They're, they're heroes out there. Elisa fantastic Siemens incredible company and and I'm telling you I don't know what the future holds I don't I have no clue but Siemens and others they are blazing the trail into uh, how we can create a better world how about that for a noble cause reach out to her go out to her LinkedIn stack card you're not going to be disappointed and she will she will get engaged and, and, and you will not be disappointed absolutely not one bit all right, we're going to Fabtech. Put that on your calendar, first part of November. If you're going to be there, look us up. And thirdly, the website's coming out. We're going to try to do everything we can to amplify it and celebrate industry professionals. It is all about you, and it's about the heart. That's what we bring. All right, be bold, be brave. They're greatly. Hang out with people like Elisa, and you're going to change the world. Thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk. We're going to have another great conversation shortly, so stay tuned.